Well, here we are as we continue a world with no, forget college sports, no sports. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. Part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And don't you worry, guys, we're going to be here for you, by the way. Like, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, and these are rough times across the board. Economically, there's is and will continue to be serious pain out there. I hope that in three, four weeks, we're back to life as normal. I might be wrong. I'm not a scientist, but we're going to be here for you just to take your mind off of the crazy world that we're living in right now. So we're still going to find different angles to talk about in the Big 12 Conference despite the fact that there are no sports uh, going on right now. Here I thought we'd be getting ready for, you know, Sweet 16, Elite Eight weekend, punching tickets to the Final Four. Obviously uh, not going to be the case. But what I want to do is spend some time ranking in order the programs that I believe could struggle the most from this coronavirus in the Big 12 and not struggle in terms of which team is most likely to have players who get the coronavirus. No. I mean, how does having no spring practice – and possibly having a shorter fall camp, who does that affect the most, and who does that affect the least in the Big 12? So let's go in order from the teams that I think it will affect the most to the teams that I think it will affect the least. So the team in the Big 12 that I think could be most affected by the lack of practice time due to the coronavirus is the Baylor Bears. And I know you might say, hey, here's a team that played for a Big 12 title last year. Pete, what are you possibly talking about? How could you say that they're a team that's going to struggle? Well, they've got a new head coach. They're the only program with a brand new head coach. And there are a lot of key players who are gone. Now, there are great guys coming back, no doubt about that. But still, when guys like James Lynch walk out the door, it's not easy to simply sit there and say, yeah, you know, new head coach. Losing the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Some other guys, key players, Denzel Mims. Yeah, we'll be fine. Not that easy. Just not that easy. So when you've got a new head coach implementing his own style and system and he has no spring ball and potentially, uh, you know, really nothing until August to do with his group, that's very difficult. I don't care if you've got all five-star guys across the board and all Americans. That is difficult. And that's why I'm saying Baylor could – be the most affected by the coronavirus. Not thinking like, oh, they're going to finish in last place in the Big 12. Not at all. But they will be the most affected by this coronavirus and the inability to practice and spend time on the field. Number two, Kansas. Just because I hate to say it, but it's Kansas. I mean, you know, they've got enough issues as is. By the way, they have a quarterback battle this year with Carter Stanley gone. And If you're Les Miles, you want to be around your guys as much as possible. The whole reason to have Les Miles, the guy's won a national championship, been around the block, and you want to rub off on those guys. You want to be able to uh, be a part of what they're doing on a daily basis, and now you can't. And when you're KU and you don't have the level of talent, pure talent that the other teams have, you got to outwork them, you got to outscheme them. And it's hard to do any of that right now with basically the whole sports world shut down. The third team that could be most affected by the coronavirus outbreak, uh, the Texas Longhorns, because while they don't have a new head coach, they've got new coordinators, new systems to tweak, and that's basically like having new head coaches on both sides of the ball. Todd Orlando, out. 
right? He's no longer the defensive coordinator there. And you bring in a guy like Mike Yursich on the offensive side of the ball to run your offense. Now, they'll still be doing things that Tom Herman wants them to do. No questions about that. But still, this is going to be a new process for Tom Herman, and he's lost all of spring ball. And who knows what he'll get back from it. Maybe they start spring ball in May. I have no idea. We don't know yet. The, the uh, till further notice aspect of this whole thing is what makes it weird because you can't prepare for anything. There's no way to do it. But Tom Herman was like, all right, spring ball starting, new coordinators. Let's get the uh, ball rolling here on, by the way, a year that Tom Herman's got to win. Senior quarterback Sam Ellinger, he's got to win. I mean, if Tom Herman doesn't get Sam Ellinger with the best quarterback this program's had since Colt McCoy to at least the Big 12 championship game, a Texas fans are not going to be happy. So there was a lot of pressure on those coordinators this spring, and now that does not exist. So I'll say Texas the third team on this list most likely to have um, an effect from the coronavirus and the team's inability to practice. Number four on my list is TCU. Jerry Kill was coming in to try to get the offense right. Uh, by the way, you have a quarterback in Max Duggan who yeah, had an okay true freshman year, but he was going to be operating under a new system with Jerry Kill. And by the way, those offensive guys all getting used to basically Jerry Kill being the head coach of the offense, I, that would take a little bit of time. That's a work in progress as well, and now they don't have that time. So that's something that has to be factored in here, and that's why I'm putting TCU as number four on my list because you wanted Max Duggan to get more reps. You wanted him to get more comfortable. He, he was pretty good with his feet, but he struggled throwing the ball last year. Basically a new coach in Jerry Kill, new tweaks in the offense, and now none of that is happening for the TCU Horned Frogs. So, Defense should be fine, but you really wanted the offense to have that time together, and now they they will not have it. They just won't have it. Uh, number five on my list, teams most likely to struggle from the coronavirus, uh, Texas Tech. And the reason I bring up Texas Tech is because it sounded to me, and we had Matt Wells on this show a couple of weeks back, like he was open to a quarterback battle. Matt Wells was like, you know what? Yeah. I understand Alan Bowman is the guy everybody thinks is going to be our quarterback. But let's not, let's not forget about Maverick MacGyver. Let's not forget about this guy. So he admitted that he was going to have a situation where uh, Bowman was going to get the first team snaps. No questions about that. But it sounded to me like MacGyver was going to be a player who was going to get a lot of looks, a lot of opportunities, and now that does not happen. And when you're going from your first year to your second year, that's a big leap. That's what Matt Wells is doing. And I think he really wanted this spring because last year, kind of the new guy, just getting things going. People are still transitioning out of you. Now you've got your first year under your belt. You've got something to build off of. And, and Matt Wells does not have that. So that could definitely have an impact on Texas Tech. That's why I had them at number five. At number six, a similar situation in Morgantown. The reason I put them below Tech is because uh, West Virginia appears to have its quarterback for sure in Jarrett Dagey. I mean, Neil Brown might say, oh, you know, we're going to look at guys, but let's be honest. I don't know how Jarrett Dagey would not be the starter. After Austin Kendall's struggles last year, Dagey comes in, uh, wins two of three, has a really good closeout to the year, and that stuff matters, and it should matter. So while he's also in year two making that transition, first full year, first full, you know, spring coming off a year where you were the head coach, I am sympathetic to all of that. That stuff does matter. But I'm giving 
West Virginia a slight edge, especially considering they do have a lot of studs uh, coming back, especially on the defensive side. I had more questions about Tech, so I put West Virginia behind Tech on this list. Now, at number seven, Kansas State. K-State is bringing in, does it to bring in a new defensive coordinator. That is a big piece. They also have, uh, you know, new offensive linemen. They got to work into the equation here. But you've got your head coach in year two. You have a really good 2019, especially based on what the projections were. You've got your quarterback in Skylar Thompson, locked in, ton of confidence. Uh, there's reason to believe that of the teams in the Big 12, Kansas State will be one of the least affected. The offensive line is big, though. Got to replace those guys. But still, I think that Kansas State's a team that will weather this better than a lot of other teams in the Big 12 Conference. At number eight, I'm putting the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, you might say, well, they've got a quarterback battle, and you put KU high because they have a quarterback battle, and, you know, Tech and West Virginia might have quarterback battles. It's OU. I mean, you know, they, uh, Lincoln Riley, I know, let's be honest, he'd like to have a situation where he'd have a spring because Lincoln Riley has never been in a situation where he's got to get a quarterback lined up on his own. Like, and, and, and by the way, this is not a transfer, but Spencer Rattler comes in, big-time five-star prospect in last year's class, sat out last year, didn't play much, got his red shirt. But this is the first time Lincoln Riley's got to develop his guy at high school. He hasn't had to do that yet at OU with guys like Baker and Kyler and Jalen. He has not had to do that yet. Now he's got to do it. So, yes, it's key. It's critical. He's missing some time. But, man, I mean, the weapons that whoever the quarterback's going to be, I assume it'll be Rattler. Maybe Tanner Mordecai's got a shot. But whoever it's going to be, I mean, you are just going to have a plethora of weapons that is going to make life so much easier. Alex Grinch, I'd love to get him a second uh, full spring after having year one in the books. That's a little frustrating, but still in okay shape. In okay shape. So I'm putting OU at number eight on my list for teams that are likely to be affected by the loss of spring ball and maybe some of fall camp due to the coronavirus. Number nine, Iowa State. And the reason I'm putting Iowa State at number nine is because most of these guys are going to be back, right? Uh, coaching staff is intact, not a lot of changes. Yeah, you're frustrated with how last year went and all the close losses. I thought Iowa State was going to be playing for a Big 12 title. I was wrong. They lost too many close games. And, you know, you got to get over the hump in some of those games. But I'm not sure how much of that you can really teach in spring practice anyway. You know, you've got the crux of your team coming back. You've got the staff back. No major changes. And that's something that Matt Campbell's got to be happy about. That matters. And that's why I've got Iowa State at number nine on my list for teams most affected by the coronavirus outbreak. And last on this list, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And here is why. Yes, I'd love Spencer Sanders to get some time. But it's not clear how much time he was going to get anyway after the injury at the end of last season. Gundy was probably going to take it easy uh, with Spencer Sanders. I mean, we don't know for sure. We'll never know for sure. But coming off that thumb injury, not a lot of reason to push him in spring ball. Chuba Hubbard, let's be honest, I mean, it's awesome that he's back, but he was probably going to barely touch the ball in spring practice. There's nothing for him to really learn about what's happening in spring practice and, and what's going on. And then Tylen Wallace, probably not going to touch the field in spring ball. 
So those are your three big weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And the defense, basically the whole defense coming back. So they're in really good shape there. So Oklahoma State, to me, is the team that would miss spring practice the least due to the coronavirus when I rank it in the Big 12. So top to bottom, I'll redo it for you. The teams that I think will be affected the most by having no spring practice and possibly more is in order Baylor, Kansas, Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State, OU, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, let's talk to Derek Duke, our Big 12 football guru. He and I handle the football coverage. Talk some off-season ball coming up next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Well, let's say hello and welcome on Derek Duke. You read them all the time on heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks so much for joining us and being a part of the show. Well, Derek, I didn't think we'd be sitting here in late March with no NCAA tournament to talk about, uh, no spring practice to get excited about, but here we are. Thank you, coronavirus. Um, earlier, Derek, I talked about, you know, which teams in the Big 12 I thought would be most impacted by not having spring practice. And Baylor was at the top of my list simply because of the fact that, you know, they're the ones with the new head coach, Dave Aranda, implementing a new system. How do you see this in the Big 12 in terms of teams and programs that could be most affected by not having spring ball? Well, I think, first off, every I mean, everybody's going to be affected to a certain extent. I, mm-hmm. When you're talking about incoming freshmen, early enrollees that we talked about, uh, a couple months ago, I highlighted some of the early enrollees to watch for each team. And these are guys that some of these JUCO guys are going to be key contributors for the team this year. So just talking about the importance of that. So missing all that time and not being around the guys and, and getting into that culture, it's going to hurt every team, but obviously some more than others. But I always like to focus during the springtime is when I kind of go back and look at all these different quarterbacks that we have incoming or the ones returning. So for me, I look at the quarterbacks. Probably the, the biggest quarterback ch- jump that I would want to see from this next season is going to be Max Duggan at TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU, we know year in and year out, they're going to have a good defense. Gary Patterson-led co- coach team always have a solid defense, but the past few years they've just been a quarterback away from really taking that next step as a program. You know, We saw it with, with Kenny Hill from the 2016 to 2017 season where they are able to reach that Big 12 championship game, and Unfortunately, it just you know ran into a really good Oklahoma team that year. But to me, that's been the difference for them the past few years is just bad quarterback play after bad quarterback play. And you get a talented true freshman, Max Duggan, last season. He provides that spark you needed, but he just wasn't a polished passer as you'd like to see. Athletic as could be, uh, in- instincts were outstanding, great playmaker. Just need to uh, kind of be a more polished passer, and you were hoping he could take that next step. In the spring, it's kind of where you get that work done. So for me, it was gonna—it's really gonna hurt TCU. I think, uh, obviously, fall camp. If we get to there, it's gonna help. But missing an entire spring for a guy like Max Duggan for me is is really gonna hurt him. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely uh, love to see what Max Duggan can do under Jerry Kill. They're not gonna have that spring ball to work through it. But they were—they were near the top of my list, Derek, too, because of what you're talking about. And now trying to figure out, okay, what is this team gonna do on the offensive side of the ball? Max Duggan, to me, Derek, I mean, I would say average for a true freshman year. It was not Brock Purdy. I mean, he he had good legs. But let's be honest, the passing game needs some work for Max Duggan. And when you had a guy like Jalen Rager on the outside last year and you still look pretty mediocre, I, I still have questions about him at that position. 
Oh, absolutely. And we can go definitely certainly question uh, how Jalen Rager was used last season. I, I truly believe he wasn't used to his true uh, potential last year. As much as they used him in 2018, the production obviously dropped into 2019. But I think some of that was kind of on the offense. Some of that was on Sonny Cumbie. And that's really another guy we probably should kind of talk about a little bit is Sonny Cumbie because he was on the hot season last year. I mean, week in, week out. Uh, we heard the rumors in Fort Worth. We heard, you know, Gary Patterson, Sonny Cumbie not getting along very well. And, you know, I can remember at a point last year where the first time in, I think, the Gary Patterson era where he brought he brought the offensive coordinator to answer media questions post game. So it's definitely going to – it would help Mac, not only Max but uh, Sonny as well to just to kind of keep connecting, keep that vibe going and kind of getting on the same page during the spring because, I mean, let's face it, not only, you know – is you know the players their their jobs are on the line you know at the starting job starting role whatever it may be but not only for that but for these coaches as well these coordinators defensive coordinators offensive coordinators position coaches I mean this is a time to really install what you're trying to do and really kind of practice what you're preaching. Mm-hmm. Derek Duke is joining us. You read him all the time on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Uh, now Derek, to me, the team that I thought in the Big Twelve would. Uh, least be affected by no spring practice and i want to get your reaction to this was oklahoma state basically the whole defense returns uh on offense you know chubba Hubbard doesn't need spring practice tylen wallace was not going to participate in spring practice because of his injury and spencer sanders coming off the thumb injury i mean he was going to be limited i'd like to see him go through a camp maybe to uh you know continue to get his feet wet and get comfortable but I thought Oklahoma State was the team that right now would miss spring practice the least. Then I had Iowa State and, and OU. OU's got a quarterback battle, obviously. How do you see that in terms of a team that would least be affected by spring practice uh, this year? I'd probably agree with you in Oklahoma State. I mean, you, you look at their whole team, what they're bringing back, and it was incredible to see, you know, t- to see everything that they're going to bring back. Yeah. Tyler Wallace, Chuba Hubbard, the superstar. I mean, this is superstar talent they have, and you know, whether that's good enough to carry them to a Big 12 championship or not, we'll see it. But the good news is it's not just them. It's just all across the board. They're bringing back pretty much their entire defense back from last season. So you're expecting that only to get better. Uh, you just mentioned uh, Spencer Sanders is a quarterback. We know what he can do with his legs. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. But, you know, if he can kind of reach a little bit as a passer, I think this is a team that can seriously compete for a Big 12 championship. Uh, Iowa State, I agree with, with with Brock Purdy. You know, they're definitely a team I would have certainly in my top five up there. And then Oklahoma. I mean, when you win five Big 12 championships yeah. in a row, uh, at this point, you know, it, it's almost like it doesn't even matter who's playing quarterback. <laughs> it's just you know they're going to be good with Lincoln Riley at the helm. You know what I'm interested in, though, Derek? I'm interested to see, uh, first off, how Lincoln – not that I have any questions about it, but let's be honest, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts – Lincoln Riley didn't have to really develop those guys. I mean, do you think there's any question that whether it's Spencer Rattler or Tanner Mordecai, uh, is there any chance that, you know, Lincoln Riley actually having to take a guy from scratch at a high school and develop him is any different than Lincoln Riley getting that stud transfer? No, I mean, in a sense, I think what they're focused on is just winning ball games. And I think when you look at it from that perspective, you're going to do whatever, whatever's best for the team and whatever's best for the program. Mm-hmm. If that means bringing it on a JUCO guy or bringing in a transfer quarterback, then by all means do it. Or, you know, if he feels comfortable with the guy coming out of high school, th- then all by all means do it. But, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, 
kind of take a step back and you say, okay, if we bring somebody in from high school as a true freshman, are they going to be better than Baker Mayfield coming in? Are they going to be better than Kyler Murray coming in? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. I mean, no, no matter what. So when you get this talent coming in, it's hard to ignore that. But obviously, from a recruiting standpoint, you want to say, hey, not only are we going to take, we can not just take transfers, but we're able to kind of bring guys up as a true freshman and bring them along and turn them into that first round pick or the first overall pick or whatever it may be. But uh, the only thing I'm really hoping for Oklahoma this year, I just do not want to hear about a potential quarterback battle. I mean, we all know this is Spencer Rattler's job to lose. Uh, there's no question who the quarterback's going to be in Norman. Yeah, I, I agree with that. When you look at the coordinator situation, Derek, in uh, at Texas, two new coordinators there for Tom Herman. Uh, you know, to me, that's going to hurt them this spring because spring is when you get to implement the new guys, bring them in, get everybody acclimated with each other. How much does that set Tom Herman back? Because I don't know about you. I, I think that Tom Herman, he's got to get to a Big 12 title game. If he doesn't in Sam Ellinger's senior year, it's a, it's a letdown of a year for the Longhorns. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, Tom, you know, you could say, is Texas back? Is Texas back? Is Texas back? We get asked that till we turn blue in the face. But I think for Texas last year, I think a lot of problems started up front on the offensive line. Uh, you know, injuries definitely played a part, certainly on defense. They, they played a huge part of what they were trying to do last season. At one point, it, it felt like their entire defensive backfield was just, just absolutely shredded by injuries. And it turned because you had a lot of third, four-string guys having to step up and play, a lot of true freshmen, true sophomores that haven't seen much time, having to step into bigger roles that maybe they weren't ready for. So I think, for me, taking that next step defensively is probably going to be the biggest thing for me to watch with Texas. Now, from an offensive standpoint, I really like what they bring back. Certainly, you know, losing their key receivers like Devin Duvernay and Colin Johnson are going to hurt, but I feel like they've kind of stockpiled on some of the talent. It's just time to develop that talent. And the most important thing that Texas has been missing for the last, I don't know, almost 15 years now, it feels like, is returning a starting senior quarterback in Sam Ellinger. That's going to be huge for Texas. That's really what's kind of going to give them that push to make a, hopefully make a Big 12 title run if they can. So still going to be a top, top probably two or three preseason Big 12 team, I would imagine. Last year got a lot of hype. Uh, but, you know, you could kind of say maybe they were a year too early. 2018, they made the Big 12 title game took a step back last year. Maybe they were a year too early in the Tom Herman era. We'll, we'll see and find out about that. But I really like what the make of this team can be. And obviously, I, like I mentioned earlier, Sam Ellinger coming back at quarterback is going to be huge for Texas next year. Uh, no doubt about it. He is Derek Duke. Always great to get the insights. We'll be uh, doing this every couple of weeks as we get through a very slow time with no sports happening. But I don't want to blow through all the storylines right now. Derek, great to have you on, man. Always appreciate the insights, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. He's Derek Duke. Great to have his perspective on the show. Really appreciate his time. I'm Pete Mundo. All right, guys. Uh, well, we're going to talk to you next week because this show does not end. We've got radio affiliates, and we are going to keep it going. So continue to download, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We'll be giving you fresh content every week. Don't you worry about that. And we appreciate you guys hanging with us a lot through some slow times. So if you leave that rating, review, subscribe, I will get you a free Heartland College Sports Koozie in the mail. Just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll talk to you guys soon.